psychology has long proved, Steve, that people only commit to decisions they've had a part in. And that's what it takes for both spouses to be committed to a decision. It's an agreement that underlies the expectation. This week, Dr. Noelle Nelson explains how you can express your expectations to live the marriage you want. Stay tuned. Okay, here's the deal. I love wine. I know a little bit about wine, but I'm not an expert. But you know who is? Our wine club partner, Touring and Tasting. We have been working together for five years now, and I can honestly say that they have delivered to my door some of the best wines I have ever had. We started working with them so that we could deliver to you an ongoing reminder, a treat, to slow down with your spouse and enjoy each other's company and to reconnect. To help facilitate, with each shipment, we provide simple date night ideas, and Touring and Tasting shares background information on the wineries and includes recipes that will pair well with your wines. I should note that many of these wines are typically only available if you actually visit the winery or become a member of that wine club. The customer service from Touring and Tasting is ridiculous. I have a friend who joined and then called me to rave about how enjoyable their customer service experience was. That's unheard of, right? So here's the deal. There are no membership fees. Shipping is free. You can cancel at any time, and these unique award-winning wines come with 100% satisfaction guaranteed, which means they guarantee the wine is delicious or they will replace it free upon request. If you decide the wine you just had was amazing and you want to reorder, you can save up to 70% off of retail. Now here's the closer. If you sign up today, you will receive your first shipment for half price. You can join right now and get your first shipment for a flat fee of $49 plus tax. This is before the half price offer. So your pre-taxed first shipment is less than $25 for two amazing bottles of wine. This is a limited time offer, so don't wait. Go to hitchedmag.com and click the wine club link to join today. Gift options are also available Ahem, wedding season around the corner. And again, visit hitchedmag.com and click the Wine Club link to join in celebrating your marriage. Cheers! everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely Dr. Noelle Nelson. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Steve. So Noelle is a relationship expert, popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, is the author of many best-selling books. Her latest is Happy, Healthy, Dead. Uh, Her most recent relationship books are Your Man is Wonderful and Dangerous Relationships. You can get all that information at her website, Dr. or I'm sorry, at her website, noelnelson.com. And of course, uh, we have links to this stuff on our website, hitchmag.com. Today, we are going to talk about the magic of expectations. 
often we think of expectations in a negative sense. You expect your spouse to be neat and tidy, and when he or she isn't, you get upset. Uh, You expect your spouse to understand when you're late coming home from work or whatever it might be, um, and then when he or she doesn't, you get upset. Uh, So, Noelle, you have uh, turned this negative spin on its head, and you say that expectations can have great value in marriage. How so? Well, expectations clarify things. Expectations make it possible to work together cooperatively to achieve goals, for example, successfully. Expectations are what lead us toward something that we want. But, and this is a great big but, Steve, Mm -hmm. only if these expectations are mutually agreed upon, understood, and committed to. It's a big fat but. Okay, so I I hear it sounds like a big but. Um, So what should we take from that? Well, let's take let, let's take them one at a time. That's okay, probably yeah. the easiest way to yeah, do it. Yeah, I want okay? to break it down. So, we are going to take the three conditions for how to transform expectations from something that can upset you when it's unfulfilled to something positive that can have significant benefits to your marriage. And as we said, we're going to do this one at a time, starting with mutually agreed upon. Now, all too often, what we do when we don't do this nastily or anything else, but we just do, is that we set ourselves and our mates up for failure by forgetting that expectations need to be mutually agreed upon. Mm -hmm. So let's take the famous bathroom example because just about everybody's been through this one. For example, you like a neat and tidy bathroom. Your spouse knows this. I mean, in a general sense, Mm -hmm. you've told your spouse, I like things neat and tidy, but here's the rub. What your spouse thinks is neat and tidy is picking wet towels up off the floor. What you think is neat and tidy is towels off the floor and all the toiletries stashed away in the medicine cabinet or in the drawers. Now, that's not part of your spouse's concept of neat and tidy at all. So one or both of you is going to be upset pretty much all of the time, given how often we use our bathrooms. What's lacking is also that second condition for an expectation to yield a positive result, which is to say, understanding. Uh, Yeah, and I I think some people might be out there listening and thinking, you know, aren't you getting picky? They're they're keeping the towels off the floor, Uh, you know, having everything organized in the shelf might be getting a little picky. Does does understanding mean the neat and tidy spouse has to specify exactly which toiletries get put away and where and how and all that kind of stuff as well? It sounds crazy making, doesn't it? So the answer is yes and no. Okay. Because here's the thing. This is something that concerns both spouses, right? So understanding means more than having a conversation, excuse me, means more having a conversation that starts something like, what would be your preference in terms of how we keep the bathroom? And that question needs to be asked of both. So it's less about picky and it's more about clarification. It's a willingness to stand in each other's shoes, which as 
you know, Steve, and we've talked about this in many different contexts before, mm-hmm. is one of the great bases of, an, of a wonderful marriage is the ability to stand in your spouse's shoes. Mm-hmm. So it is not an opportunity to judge, to question the other's habits or their upbringing or accuse your spouse of having a personality disorder, but it's an opportunity. It's to clarify, here's what you like, here's what I like. And where does that go to in the most positive sense is, here's what might work for both of us together. So, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to well, say. Well, it's, it's not about the picky stuff. It's not really about the picky stuff. It's really about the understanding stuff. Yeah. I was just going to say, too, that, and again, something else that we have discussed in the past, um, like, if it doesn't matter to you, if it's not that big of a deal, why why escalate the issue? Um, ah. it, it gets back to that wanting to be right over wanting to be happy. You know, if if Correct. if <laughs> you know, yes, uh, you're ha- you're totally fine with just picking things up off the floor, uh, but your spouse wants it in the cabinet. And sure, you wouldn't do that if you were by yourself, but. It takes two seconds, and you know that's what makes them happy. Why are you so resistant to these things? Well, here's the thing, Steve. A lot of the time, it's not so much about resistant to it. It's about forgetfulness and just kind of sort of being in your own head, in your own world, and being busy, which we all are. So if you you want, of course, for your spouse to be happy, but you don't think it's that big a deal and you assume that it's not that big a deal for them either mm-hmm. but it might be and that's why the the conversation is a clarifying conversation because believe me there are some things which are unimportant to both spouses and so they each make an effort and you know it works most of the time yeah but maybe the bathroom thing is really important to one of the spouses i don't know yeah, it's interesting because I have I have been in that place where my wife will tell me something and uh, I hear her. Um, but to your point, uh, you know, it just it wasn't that big of a deal to me. And when that scenario came up, I I it, it just was not in my mind because again, it wasn't a big deal to me. And then she will right. follow up and say, "Oh, did you do this thing?" And it totally slipped my mind. Now, with that being said, uh, there are certain things where she has told me on multiple occasions, and I think that repetition um, made it sink in, and I had to force myself to think, oh, this matters, and so I need to make the effort uh, for her because this matters. And you know, you make a really good point there, Steve, which is... Repetition. Now, repetition needs to be contrasted with nagging. Yeah, that's true. Very, very important because it's too easy for either gender to fall into the nagging thing when you need to repeat. And that's the, that's the thing is that you feel you need to repeat. So it starts to feel annoying. <laughs> and that's when what could be a simple, honey, did you blah, blah, or would you please, turns into... So did you? <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing I for think for the 40th time. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say I think the other thing about it is also an understanding of each other where we're not we have enough uh respect and understanding that you know, when I say that I wasn't being deliberate 
or trying to be um, malicious or proving a point that she understands that I'm not trying to do these things out of um, like a vendetta of neglect. She gets it like, oh, you really weren't thinking about this. So let me politely remind you again (laughs) because it can politely is another word for neutrally. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, because it wasn't I don't know how many times I have to tell you, you know, this is really you know what I mean? Because then when as we know repeatedly, when people start feeling attacked, they start getting defensive. And then while I may have been neglectful, neglecting at first, then I might dig my heels in and be like, well, that's the way you're going to be. Like, I really was just not thinking about it. And so I could see how a scenario like this would really spiral out of control under Mm -hmm. unfortunate circumstances. Yes. Yes. So it's always good to give the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. To assume that your spouse, to give them the benefit of the doubt, they were just tired, they had other things on their mind, whatever, whatever, which makes it much easier to be factual with the, hmm, honey, I noticed that whatever. Yeah. And uh, uh, in addition to, mm-hmm. I was just going to say, uh, it seems like a crazy concept, but giving the person that you decided to spend the rest of your life with the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazingly simple. It but is. It's, it's hard like, to. yeah, this is the person who I want to have the most intimate relationship in my entire life with. I maybe give them the benefit of the doubt. And granted, right. like I, I do understand that um, that benefit of the doubt comes with time and respect and proving that they're not a compulsive liar and that that trust hasn't been chipped away at over decades. Um, but overall, mm-hmm. like it's to your point, like it's a very simple concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's one that we don't even apply to ourselves very much. And yet, we should. That's very true. Because, you know, when you eat that, that you've put yourself on a diet, you know, health first kind of thing, and you find yourself eating whatever the latest version of Twinkies is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What is it? Not donuts. It's fat. These incredibly, (laughs) yes, right. (laughs) These donuts that look like they came straight from, I don't know, hell or heaven, depending on your point of view. But, and instead of saying, oh, I'm bad, I'm bad, bad me, I'll never lose the, I'll never get healthy, I'll never lose the weight, I'm going to be diabetic, blah, blah, blah. We don't, instead, it would be nice to give oneself the benefit of the doubt and start learning to do it with yourself, which is say, you know what? I'm not overly pleased with this decision, but I know that I am on the right track and I simply need to make a slightly more conscious effort. And if you apply the benefit of the doubt to yourself more, you find it easier to apply it to your spouse. Oh, that's a great point. Uh, oh. You're you're killing me with this donut thing because I think yeah. uh, it's it's the per. Have you seen it? Is are you talking about the one that's like purple inside, where it's like the new? Yeah, fad? it's like incredible. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of the name of. Oh, that's gonna. Bo- I'm gonna have to Google this once we're done. <laughs> okay. Uh, 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 so moving moving forward, I you know we are we are talking about giving your spouse the benefit of the doubt and um, expectations, and f- for the most part up to this point, we have been talking essentially about the the neatness of the bathroom. Uh, but but what we're talking about, I'm guessing, isn't just how to keep your bathroom tidy. No, no. If that's all marriage were about, you know, we wouldn't have hitched me. Um, 
what we have, though, in the, is, in the bigger picture is expectations of each other that are often unspoken. That's the problem. That go from what you expect in bed to how you expect your spouse to behave in public to how you expect your spouse to relate to your friends and family or how you expect your spouse to relate to your favorite ratty old T-shirt or your favorite stilettos. I mean, literally, from marriage-breaking issues like fidelity to mm-hmm. the most petty, mundane stuff like, you know, if you throw that ratty T-shirt out, I will kill you. All of those are based on expectations, and unfortunately, they are too often unspoken. Because frankly, when you pipe up with, you know, it's not just towels off the floor, it's got to be toiletries away, that's what makes me happy. That's spoken. The other, the, the other spouse has the choice of whether to say, well, that doesn't work for me or whatever. But when it's unspoken, that, you see, is where you really get in trouble. Yeah. So. The, the more your expectations are spoken, and yes, Steve, that happens over time as the marriage progresses, of course, mm-hmm. rather than simply assume the better off your couple will be. Yeah, I, it, so it's interesting that um, I I find that it's the little things that need to be spoken because the big things mm-hmm. are so obvious. Don't cheat on me. Mm-hmm. Very obvious. But I have found <laughs> – right? Like it just – but right. but it's the little things um, that require a little description and understanding on your part. So there, there – I'm trying to think of a very specific scenario that I can give. But there have been things that my spouse uh, – sh- I, like I definitely am – I'm not a – I don't know. Maybe my wife would call me a pack rat. But I don't consider myself a pack rat. Like we – we, we try not to keep too much stuff, but there are definitely things that I have kept, and I know this for a fact, way longer than I should. Um, but they mm-hmm. have some sort of you know sentimental value or nostalgia or whatever for me. And for her, it has zero meaning. It looks like a dumb, worthless trinket, right? And right. I just have to explain to her I and and I will I have literally used these words. I know it's irrational, but I want to keep it. Mm-hmm. And and that's fine. That's a clarification. Yeah, no, that's my point. Is it's it's with those little things that the clarification is needed because otherwise she doesn't understand. And even if she doesn't understand, she understands enough to know that it matters to me. And right. the other aspect of it on me is um, I don't abuse that privilege. So I don't say that right. with every single thing. When we're trying to right. go through and do a little spring cleaning, I don't say can't get rid of that, can't get rid of that, can't get rid of that. Like I have to be thoughtful about, okay, mm-hmm. what does this mean f- to me or why am I holding mm-hmm. on to this? Uh, can I let it go yet? And when the when there is something that I want to hold on to and I say it, she respects it because I haven't said it for the entire box of things. Right, right. I think that's that's a really good point, Steve. I'm mulling it over in my head as as I'm formulating my thought here, but it has a lot to do with self-awareness, which is, interestingly enough, something that gets expanded and evolved in a good marriage. Mm-hmm. In other words, on your own, okay? Bachelor time, right? Yeah. You probably didn't care that your entire garage or your entire spare bedroom or whatever was crammed with 
odds and sods, right? But then along comes a spouse who, in a sense, I don't want to say challenges, but requests clarification on these things, right? So you can yeah. live together. And that makes you take some kind of personal inventory, which is always good for us. It's great. It's it's interesting because I have worked on a couple creative projects lately and just um, being around technology a lot, it it makes me and I and I have trained myself to think more like this of trying to reassess why I do the things I do, why I think the way that I think, because so mm-hmm. much of it is inertia. It's because we've had to do these things as humans for the last 100 years. But when you right. don't have to, or when you're given another way, um, right. sometimes we get uh, attached to tradition out of habit mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and out of a previous necessity, but it no longer holds any long uh, to the day. And mm-hmm. it's a tough thing to break because you feel comfortable in that tradition. Uh, and there have been a lot of things that I have thought about. So here's an example publishing. Um, I think about changing the format of how we write and how we lay out content and different things of that nature. And there is a very specific reason um, why things were laid out the way that they were. And when you're talking about print, it was because typesetting was an art that only a handful of people were able to actually do. And it was expensive and it was time consuming. And then we got really good with word processing to change how you did typography and laying out of printed pages. Um, When you go to the internet, you had Twitter. When it first came out, the reason that it's 140 characters was the fact that the um, SMS messaging systems, the old school text messaging before there were touch screens, it was you hit the number two three times or two times to get the letter E, right? And the systems at the time would only allow messages of 140 characters or less to be sent through the wires. And that's why Twitter is 140 characters, not because they did some big scientific study to figure out what was the (laughs) optimum amount of content. And as time has gone on and the technology has changed, Twitter has tweaked what that quote-unquote 140 characters means because now they don't count a link toward the 140 characters. They don't right. count the, 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 um, the, the destination URL of an image toward those 140 characters. There's all sorts of things that evolve. And so because technology, technology itself has just made things move so fast and, and, you know, I'm using very in the internet type examples here, but technology is, affecting everything around us and with I know I'm going off on a tangent here but stay with me uh, uh, smart homes and connected lights and connected refrigerators it really forces you to rethink um, why you do the things you do how you do them when you do them um, I one final example I got um, a new set of smart light bulbs for my home and it has um, really changed how I uh, wake up in the morning, how I wind down because I have these routines set where my lights fade up and fade down and all sorts of really cool stuff. But it changes how I thought about using light um, in in a way that I didn't think about using light before. And it's 
Um, so I think when we get to marriage and getting bringing this all back together, um, we grow up in a particular environment with people around us who do things a certain way. And a lot of times we do things because it's easier to just follow what somebody else is doing as opposed to think about why they're doing the things that they're doing. And so then when we come into contact with a spouse, we then start to see how they do it differently and you can either be resistant about it because that's the way you've always done it or you can try to understand why they do it the way that they do it and uh, maybe, just maybe, their way might actually be more efficient or better or maybe it's just different but it doesn't make it necessarily wrong. Right. And so that's where the here's what might work for the both of us together conversation mm-hmm. is one that you want to have on a variety of subjects. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think a lot of people might be listening to this and thinking uh, they're clearly talking about newlyweds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and, and that, you know, obviously, if you've lived together for any amount of time or if you've been married for five or 10 or 15 years, you already know that about each other. Well, maybe. In other words, certainly for a number of things. By now, I am convinced, Steve, that you and your spouse know exactly what you want in the bathroom, okay? But people change over time. And spouses aren't made out of stone. They're not statues that, you know, just sit there. We all have preferences and desires that morph and change over time. So if you find that a preference of yours has changed and thus you'd like a change from your spouse – Don't assume they're just going to figure it out on their own, you know, by kind of like watching you or observing you. That's not their job. This is a conversation that you need to have. And what's really cool about it, Steve, it's a conversation that will bring you closer together because discussing your changes with your spouse is fun. Like, quite frankly, your example with the smart light bulbs, Mm -hmm. I mean, that changed not just your reality, but Jessica lives with you as far as I know. She does. <laughs> so, right. You know, so it's it's changing your spouse's reality as well. And that's a fun conversation to have. No, and it, it does bring you closer. Yeah. I was just going to say it is it, because it changed ch- has changed our reality. And there's a, a discovery that we process that we both get to go through, which is really fun. There you go. And it's not necessarily the same discovery for you as it is for her. In other words, you are different people. You're very close, but you're different people. So she may have some aspects of discovery that are slightly different than yours. And the sharing of them together is really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And if we look at the reverse side of that, I got to tell you, there are few things more irritating and potentially hurtful to a marriage than requiring your mate to be a mind reader. Mm -hmm. It is grossly unfair. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... um... It has been really fun, and one of the things that I feel like I have grown to appreciate more and more in my relationship as time has gone on is uh, Jess's life perspective on things. Um, Part of it is she grew up as a different gender, and women, from what I have finally gathered have experienced life much differently than men have in a lot of different scenarios and I've been having a lot of these conversations lately about things that have never even crossed my mind have become mm-hmm. have been their number one concern when entering scenarios and mm-hmm. um it's 
something that I have taken for granted. And I know this is why people talk about race and gender and culture and all these different things because it matters. It changes your perception. It changes your reality. It changes what you think about. It changes how people interact with you. And so to have that on your side, I mean, what a gift. You get this alternate reality, and I say that in the best sense, uh, you get this alternate reality that is is enlightening as opposed to um, squashing what you're able to do. So, right. Um, right. Lastly, you say uh, an expectation. So we've had our conversation about the bathroom or our lights or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. You say mm-hmm. an expectation must be committed to. Yes, and you actually alluded to this earlier. Um, psychology has long proved, Steve, that people only commit to decisions they've had a part in. And that's what it takes for both spouses to be committed to a decision It's an agreement that underlies the expectation. So once again, we're back to that conversation and to making sure that the conversation culminates in an agreement that really does work for both spouses, not just a yeah, yeah kind of agreement that that's just hooey, Mm -hmm. right? But an agreement that both can cleave to in in the best sense of the word. So. Now that you both know what each expects of the other, you've agreed that whatever it is will work for each of you, off you can go into the land of appreciation, my favorite thing, of how well you coordinate your individual likes and dislikes. And that, Steve, is the positive aspect to expectation. Uh, one, a quick question here. So is it, are these things better committed to when both are involved because – uh, there's some sort of research behind having that vested interest in something. Like, for example, I, I'm just thinking of there are like I know of like coaches, for example, will you know because I said so, or parents will say like because I said so. But it's not until uh, you make them part of the process that they really buy into it. That is correct, and that is I mean that's a, a basic principle of good management. Which is, you know, when employees have a share, a part in the decision about the things that are relevant to their particular uh, work, they will do it with much more zeal and gusto. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You, you want to have say, and, you know, frankly, when your mother or your coach or whoever said, because I said so, oh, you may have done it, sure. but grudgingly. Yeah. Is that what you want in your marriage? And I think the uh, final point on this is when you have a say, you feel respected and and everybody appreciates feeling respected because it makes it seem like you matter which obviously in this scenario and i would say almost all scenarios you do so um yeah keep that and the other thing that you said which is when you have a say in a decision you do have a vested interest in the outcome Mm -hmm. yeah and that's important yeah honestly and and this will be my final little thing here uh fantasy fantasy sports a lot of people think it's totally dumb and i and i understand why um, people would think that but on the flip side um i care when i play and i put together my fantasy roster and sports i care about teams and players that i would never care about otherwise like i could care less about 
you know, the Seattle Seahawks. Like, I just don't care. But if I have their running back, like, I care a lot. Like, I really want them to do good. And it's because I have a vested interest. Exactly. So. Exactly. Um, hopefully that, that <laughs> helped helped uh, coalesce everything for somebody out there. Uh, they, they, they were like, oh, I didn't get it until that fantasy football reference. So you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Love it. Uh, okay. Well, thank you so much, Noel. This is always a pleasure and always enlightening. So thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. Uh, before we sign off today, I want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Noel Nelson, who is a relationship expert, a popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad. Noel is the author of many, many best-selling books. Her latest, available on your Kindle readers, uh, and that includes the Kindle app, don't forget, uh, is Happy Healthy Dead. It is a fantastic book. You can also get some relationship books. Uh, Her most recent are Your Man is Wonderful. The other most recent is Dangerous Relationships. Uh, You can get this information at her website, noellenelson.com. You can follow Noelle on Twitter, at Dr. Noelle Nelson. Uh, You can follow her on Facebook. She has a fantastic group called Meet the Amazings on Facebook, so you can go ahead and like that page and get inspired by these really cool stories of these elderlies doing really cool things, living life to the fullest. Um, And, of course, you can find uh, past episodes, uh, past articles, uh, and many other resources available to you at our website, hitchedmag.com. And I encourage you, if you haven't done so already, to sign up for our newsletter. Uh, It takes less than 30 seconds. It's a name and an email address and submit. You're done. Uh, Confirm it through our uh, email system that it is, in fact, you and we're not spamming you. And you will get a weekly newsletter delivered to your inbox every Monday evening with the latest information that we have for you. So hopefully uh, you sign up for that. And if you are, encourage your spouse to do so as well so that you both have the same expectations. See what I did there? Uh, That's going to do it. (laughs) Uh, That is going to do it for us. So one last time, thank you so much, Noel. Thank you, Steve. All right, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody. Tonight